Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. The fabulous fifth hour, sometimes freaky, sometimes uh, just outright outrageous. But uh, the fifth hour, five hours a day, five days a week. E and Rod B. Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Carrying you all the way up to the Jim Rome Show at 11 o'clock. And remember, Rod and I will be out this afternoon. Uh, we'll be out at uh, the, the Lavaca Street Bar on in Rock Rose there in the Domain. Five to seven during the uh, sports complex with Patrick Davis. We'll be joining Patrick and uh, helping to get you ready for the football season. And some Bud Lights and uh, good old times. Great food there. My buddy Matt Lucky and the team at Lavaca Street Bar in the Domain, Rod. Oh yeah, we look forward to time. seeing you there. It's about that this, that time of year where we got to get out amongst the people. We got to be out there. Whether you're going to become like pre gaming, you're going to become like my my wife, right? You're going to be very tired of me because I, we hung out last night on a we'll go. on the inside <laughs> Texas uh, on Texas stream. We're in the show for five hours a day. Now we're going to Rock Rose today to true. get ready for the football this. season. Just that's, let me know when I get super annoying. That's a lot of time together. Yeah, you're right about that. I didn't think about that, but you're right. We're about to Just become let me know. kinfolk. About to be real close. Kinfolk. Yeah, that's well, all right. And then we're going to be back together on Saturday morning, or Saturday at lunchtime. Oh, that's going to be Down on campus. Yeah. It's game day, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, where are y'all going to be pre-gaming? Well, we're going to be pre-gaming at the Mockingbird Saloon yep. on Guadalupe right there before 27th <laughs> Street. Or if you're coming from the north to the south, it's just after 27th Street. <laughs> Uh, but you would want to turn on 27th because parking's in the back if you can find it. I've also been told, T.Y., you can park on the street behind 27th. The, the whole West Campus area is you know, behind right there. And you can park. And there's, there's, street parking. there's street parking. Oh, uh, yeah. We're at the Mockingbird Saloon. There's kind of a, a rear entrance if you want that uh, or front door. I right love off of- a rear entrance. Hey, now. Welcome to the fifth hour. Welcome no, to the fabulous fifth no, hour. No, no, okay, first of all, that's not how I meant it. I swear. It literally just dawned on me. My bad. This, what I, what I, You're going to get memed again with that one. No, what I meant was because of the Irish goodbye. Like you can kind of oh, slip, you can slip out. You're a very good Irish goodbyer. Yes, I just want to be able to like, oh yeah, I socialize. And they were like, where'd Robbie go? Like, I don't know. I think he's hanging out here. And in the back door. That's where. That's what I meant by that. Even though I know it has a double meaning, because yes, I, I actually I, yes. Okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry, fifth hour, <laughs> fifth quarter. And you can come like Rod right through the rear entrance. <laughs> That's where I like the exit too. I like the exit to rear entrance too. It's yeah. two ways for some people. <laughs> Just say. No, listen, listen, down on West Campus, as Ty has warned you, be careful. There are a lot of one-way streets. Oh man, in West Campus, a lot of one-way streets. Now. Because for a lot of people, the back, the rear entrance is one way, not two way. <laughs> oh, y'all got y'all got to stop. Oh, I know, but that's where we're going to be, Mockingbird oh. Saloon. Mm. Uh, oh man, the fifth hour is cranked out <laughs> I, already. I meant that. You know, we're going to get it back on the rails because Drew Sanders will join us, head coach at Vandergriff. Yes, we'll keep you classy, we'll, you know, with Coach, let's, let's, coach we're Sanders. Going, we're going back to high school. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Okay. Uh, oh, did you see the new uniforms for U of H that everybody's getting excited about on Twitter? I did not. They're basically love your blue Oiler uniforms for U of H for the Cougars. Oh, they got the love your blue. You know what they're doing? It's us the, proud, Rod. Yes, the love your blue scheme, brother. They got the Oilers, like the helmets and everything, and they have the. It's the same. It looks they like the baby blue jerseys, except it has Houston across the front, and man, and they got the the, the red outline on the numbers. I mean, it looks just like those love your blue jerseys, pretty much, except it's a U of H jersey and the helmets too. Oh, it's clean. It's clean. I mean, at that point, we gotta—they gotta do like a screwed up, like, yeah, like yeah. purple, 
purple drank uniform. Yeah, that's like. a great point. For the, screw, I, the SUC. You can get no, some recruits. Well, look, with that. Oh, bro, you and you know what? You would sell the hell out of those jerseys in H Town. You would buy, sell out I'd immediately. Matter of fact, these are gonna sell out. That's yeah. very smart. Whoever these are came sell up out. with this idea, I'm sure. Tr- I don't think it's Dana Holgerson who came up with this idea. Uh, no, because this is a really good idea. It's a. I want one of these jerseys. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I want one t- of these jerseys. Oiler fans like you and me who grew up lovey blue. Uh, and because we know the Tennessee Titans are now the were the Oilers, they're now the Titans, and they're going to wear those uniforms against Houston, the Texans this year, in a mm-hmm. couple of games. Oh yeah, it's gonna hurt. That's gonna. It's disrespectful, sing. man. And you got to win that game, D'Amico. D'Amico, come on, dude. When they go. wear the love your blue uniforms versus the Texans, you ain't got to win any other game. We really don't care. You better win that one. That was the one you got to win, bro. That's disrespect. Hey, and uh, yeah, I mean, and that's good. Give you the U of H. They're in the Big Twelve now, and they're like you know. They're backing up the city. I mean, they're Houston's team, and I like that because the Texans are the Titans are now gone. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's oh. uh, I think that's a smart move. Actually, now, smart move. obviously there'll be a lot of Cougars. Who are like, wait a second, we're we're the, we're the Cougars, and we're red. We're red and blue, red and white. Um, that's clean. Yeah, they're gonna sell out of these quick. I guarantee you. I mean, like I said, I would want one. My brother's probably gonna get one just because it represents Houston. That nothing to do with U of H. Nobody cares about that. It's got, it got Houston it's on the front. Jersey, yeah. And it's love you blue. Well, that's right. They're gonna <laughs> sell a ton colors. of those. Yeah, no, no one's gonna know. Nobody's. You, you wouldn't know. You yeah, have no smart. idea. What that's smart? What game are they gonna wear it? I wonder. That's the question. Uh, they went for the Texas Rice, game against Rice. Uh, yeah, maybe Rice. Yeah, you the same city school. That's a good point. Like we yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. That's that's probably what they will. But man, what if they broke it out against Texas? <laughs> Says no, someone needs to dig up Bud Adams and kick him in the nuts. <laughs> that would be morbid, but I'm with you. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot somebody of text, said, "Hey, uh, don't yeah. park in a spot that is T parking. Anything that says T, West Campus will tow trucks uh, quickly." Daughter got towed twice. Oh, I've been. Hey, I've been towed. Uh, well, when yeah. I was at Mockingbird Saloon, kind of I formalizing our deal with Brian and the team over there, uh, he, I, I said, I, I told him where I parked. He's like, "Oh, go move it." Go move it. And I'd only been there like five minutes. And he was like, no, no, no. They tow quick. They hunt. They hunt. And I was like, okay, let me go move my car. There was and one time across the street, mm-hmm. that little FedEx, we're across the street from Fiji right there, yeah. in that little parking lot. I had to run in and grab, like, I left my wallet there or something. Ran in less than 60 seconds. I was no, in and out. They came not. out. My car was gone. I thought I got stolen. What? That they were that fast? Yes. Dang, this is like a reality I called show. The cops. Right? I called the cops first. I was like, hey, I think my car got stolen. Like, It probably got towed. <gasps> yeah, and then, then Are they a up. NASCAR pit crew? Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? There How are, do you hook it up that fast? There's videos on Instagram I watch sometimes. Do they do somehow it that in my algorithm of like just tow trucks, like they get content, they film, like they like on Instagram or TikTok Live or something. Wow. And it's just of them like picking up people or repo Man. people. Dang. They're yeah. really good at it. That's one of those jobs where like every, you're, you're disliked by everybody when you're the tow truck man. Because it's, like, it's like almost 400 bucks. It's a, is, yeah, that it is. is that right? Oh, no, it's expensive. Well, I've got because like now they have those. It's, it, it is always from UT. Always some, something like close to UT where they do a lot of that. Well, towing, I saw yeah. the. Uh, it's like that repo guy because remember they can just back in and put that thing under you, pop it up and go. Like, I don't know, that's all they got to do. See you. Like Dang, they, but, yeah, you, you ever right. see those repo uh, man shows where they you know, take cars out of driveways because it's been repossessed? I don't watch those shows. Those shows are sad. Yeah, <laughs> guys get his car jacked. Get his car jacked. Well, and they come okay, out like listen. like where's my car? Yo, okay, listen, let's get. We want people to come to Mockingbird Saloon. No one's getting towed. <laughs> Nobody's getting towed. Park in the right Just places. Uber, Uber in. Walk Ubering. over from your parking yeah. garage. I'm over. Uh, and don't worry about the rear entrance. Just come in the front, the back, wherever. Come on, come on and see us. Twelve to two mm. on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, and someone said that U of H is wearing those jerseys in the home opener okay. against UTSA. Oh, 
Because you got Houston against San, San Antonio. Antonio. I bet UTSA might have some funky jerseys too, representing uh, San Antonio and Saytown. The, the seven one three and the two one zero. Two one zero. I like it. I like, I like it. that. Yeah. That's nice. Okay, so uh, well, before we get to U- the UTSA is going to win that game. Gonna, no. UTSA is going to win that game. I know that's one of Ty's big. So picks my thing weekend. is, you're wasting those cool jerseys. <laughs> oh, in the game, you're going, you're going to lose. There you go. Says the tow truck drivers all live in a mansion on West Lake Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Know why? Because everybody will pay that tow truck driver cash, and he would just give them their car back. And I bet sometimes some negotiations are made. Like, hey man, I'll just give you cash. If I take it to the yard, it's going to be four hundred. I'll do it for two fifty. Exactly. I'll give you three hundred on the spot right now. Can I not have to go to the tow truck yard to go get it? I like it. it. I like it. And they bang up your car and everything in the tow truck yard. They're not being very oh, careful with. They, they the don't tow care. truck mafia. <laughs> Remember, you've seen all the Texas players complaining about the UT police mafia and, and oh, the ticketing. The t- Ticketing? Oh, man. Yeah. Make it a part of my NIL <laughs> yeah. that I don't get tickets, man. That's part of my deal. I was under the impression that you didn't have to pay those UT tickets if you didn't go to UT, though. Um, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I don't know about I that. I definitely did not. I never paid <laughs> Yeah, what's the, what are they going to do? Bring you, bring you down to UT jail? I guess you're right. I mean, it's a state school, so is there some way that state-wise it I, can affect you? I probably, you? my credit score is probably getting dinged, like, Every month for this, but no, well, I will I, say, I've never mm, paid any of those. Well, I, mm. uh, bless my wife. We we went to the PBR on Sunday. Yeah, and we were, you know, there was no one on. You know, when you walk up uh, towards the, the where the new practice field is going in, up towards Gregory Gym and Bevo Boulevard, there's all those parking spots right along, uh, you know, that main drag that goes up to Bevo Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And you and there's no one parked there. It's a Sunday afternoon. There's like a handful of cars, but every sign says T parking, T parking, no permit, no permit. And so I'm like, wonder if we can park here. And my wife said, no, 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 don't do it. So we no, went and no. parked down by Schultz Garden. <laughs> yeah, you go. And we came out from the bull riding. Every car that had parked there, ticket, ticket, ticket. They just came along and they knew every it. one of them. Yeah, and they waited. They were like, wait till the show starts. They'll all be there parked, and we'll just like make it easy. 50 cars. <laughs> easy ticket, money. Ticket, ticket. No, I was once told by somebody in the know over there that they're parking and, like, transportation, on the UT parking and transportation people, that there's basically, as a revenue source coming into UT, it they generate millions. Gall. Millions. Between the parking garages, the tickets, towing, and, then, you know, parking passes, millions. Like, it's just, and it makes a lot of sense, too. It makes a lot of sense. You got to pay it. If you go to Texas, like you said, Ty, you don't pay it because you had to go to Texas. They keep your degree. They don't, let you, the, they don't let you they get your degree. Get you, you don't even let you get your degree. No. They, I, I, no. I, at Texas State, I parked in a parking garage and never paid for a parking pass and never got a ticket. Dude, you're, that's awesome. you're a scammer. I that's love awesome, it. That's awesome, man. They go to the top, <laughs> go to the top floor. The loophole. It says uh, it's correct. Parking ticket in, in, incorrect. Parking tickets go to the state. If you if you renew your driver's license, you won't be able to renew it. Yeah, that's my fair. So you pay your ticket. State institution. So I know so, they, it probably takes them a while to transfer because everything with the state takes a while. But it might. You might need to do some research on it. They might like transfer it over. Like no, that's just a, t- a, st- a ticket. Period. I'm gonna have a rude awakening at the DMV one of these days. Like, rude the DMV. Who goes to the DMV still? Can't you renew your license like online? Or yeah. Something? Unless it's like, you got to do it. Can't, Unless it can't expires. Be expired. Can't be expired. If it expires. You got to make like an appointment, right? Dude, don't let it expire. Don't let it expire. You don't want to go down there. Come on. You're talking to Mr. Procrastination over here. I mean, it's going to me. Oh, yeah. I was like, me, me too. Oh, you're talking (laughs) about you too? (laughs) Oh, you're talking about men. You're talking about just men, Nick. I think we all thought we were talking about each other. Yeah, we are. That's just (laughs) the male male species. That's just being a dude. (laughs) It's a male species. Um, Yeah, because then my daughter will call me sometimes and she's asking me a question about something that's six months away. I'm like, Mayor. 
Exactly. What are we doing? I'm thinking about today. Yeah. No, that is such a guy thing. We're and she's all worried about it. And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like planning way it's in the like future. That's like, in January. I'm worried about that right now. No, we're worried about that in January. But that's how my, her mind thinks. She's worried about stuff in April, yeah. in September that yeah. are January problems. What's the book? Women are, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. No question. It's so true. No question. <laughs> all right. Can I play a couple pieces of audio for you, to, uh, Rod, here in the top of our hour? We're going to talk to you. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Actually, you want to go behind the BOC here and then we'll talk to Drew Sanders? Uh, we can do that. We let's, can go. We'll talk that. a little rice defense I'll real save quick. The, I'll save the Nick Saban sound for tomorrow or next week. It's All good right. stuff, but it's uh, uh, not as time-sensitive as Texas and rice. Let's do it. Let's get it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Talking about the rice owls. And shout-out to Taylor McCarrick, who um, lives here in Central Texas. Former, uh, is it there you go. Where did you end up going? Vista Ridge, they Vista said? Vista Ridge Rangers. Former Vista Ridge Ranger came on to talk about Rice. He's now a college football analyst. He did a great job. He actually, and we'll get to some of his, um, uh, some of the points he brought up in, in the interview. If you missed it, we'll get that posted for you so you can help. Uh, you can go there and help yourself and preview the Rice Owls. But one thing about offense. I talked about offense yesterday, so we're not going to review that. I just want to bring up one little quick nugget that I did not talk about yesterday. I meant to bring up, and I think I missed it. Uh Man, I don't think people realize this, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. The Rice Owls had 32 turnovers last season. 32 turnovers last season. They led all of college football in turnovers last year. If Texas has been emphasizing takeaways, and we know they have, right, because that's been one of the the huge talking points for PK and Sark. They want to be able to turn the football over more. I mean, take away the football is what I mean. Um, they want to be able to force more turnovers. And last season, they were ninth in the Big 12 in takeaways, only ninth in the Big 12 in takeaways. Even with Jalen Ford being probably the most havoc-minded defender uh, in the Big 12, they only had 14. They had 14 in 2021, too, um, and that was ninth last season, like I said, so they want to generate more takeaways. If they can't get at least two takeaways in this game, um, E, I'm going to be concerned that maybe Texas isn't going to be a you know a real havoc-minded team in that regard, that maybe they won't be as opportunistic this season as we would like them to be, because Rice, 32 turnovers, 20 interceptions last year, 12 fumbles they lost last season. That's the most in the FBS. You heard uh, T- Taylor, Taylor McCarrick say they had the second most interceptions thrown in college football last season. Texas should be able to at least get two turnovers. If they don't, I would be concerned. There you go. That's the reason to be concerned. They should get at least two turnovers, uh, E, and they should get at least three, two and a half to three sacks. Because last season, Rice allowed 2.69 sacks per game. And they had the most turnovers, like I said, in the FBS, 2.46 turnovers per game. You should at least have, I would say, two turnovers and three sacks would be the goal. How uh, how much is that board. mitigated by, you know, last year they, they rotated three different quarterbacks in there. That If they can keep JT Daniels in the game Agreed. Uh, as a veteran quarterback, even mm-hmm. though he's on his fourth spot and he started his third game at DKR in his career, but it, yeah, that can mitigate some of that. But at the same time, you do want to see havoc wreaked by the Texas defense. You're right about that. I mean, for Rice, it's just been Mike Bloomgren, Bloomgren has had some really bad luck. He has used at least three different starting quarterbacks. In each year, he's been there at Rice. Each year. It's unbelievable how they just come cycling through quarterbacks. And, and Scott and Taylor McCarthy brought that up, too, as to one of the reasons why they're so excited about JT Downs. And just like you said, if they can have stability there. And this is the, and by the way, JT Downs, highest rated signee 
in the history of Rice football, in the history of the program, and they're hoping uh, JT Daniels provides stability uh, at that quarterback position and continuities to consistency um, and avoids injury, so I'll knock on wood for him. And on top of that, that's when the turnovers will come down because he isn't as careless with the football. He's a veteran. He's familiar with the system, that kind of stuff, and just makes better decisions. So they're hoping all of that ends up uh, becoming a reality as a result of just implementing JT Daniels into that offense. Oh, let's talk about the defense really quickly. Um, so the defense, and we talked about this with uh, Taylor, he says this is going to be the best defense that Rice has under Mike Bloomgren. That's what, that's what he said. He said the best defense that they're going to have under Mike Bloomgren. And the reason I think the defense is good is because of the secondary. They are legit. I'm a corner, and I like their corners. Jordan Dunbar is probably the best of their corners. He's number three. He's the most consistent. Um, I also like Sean Fresh, but he was a small guy, 5'8", 177, actually out of Austin LBJ. Um, he had seven penalties last season, too. So maybe he got benched because of the penalties. But he started every game, I thought, for the entire season. But I didn't see him in the bowl game. In the bowl game, they used a lot of other other guys, Trevon, uh, Trev, I think it's Treshawn Don, uh, Devonis, and also they use another guy, Mike Miles McCord, who I think has graduated at this point. But their corners are the real deal. They will play bump and run, uh, press coverage, even in predictable passing situations. They really trust these corners. They're more preventative than playmaking, but they're they're legit. They're real deal, and they will trust them to hold up in man coverage so they can manipulate the the, the pre snap show disguise, moving their safeties around. That is going to be the test for one Quinn Ewers. Can he diagnose the coverage where they start moving those safeties around? And one of their safeties is Gabe Taylor. He is the younger brother of the late, great Sean Taylor, uh, the safety out of Miami that played in the NFL for Washington. He is the playmaker in that secondary. Two interceptions, six PBUs, two forced fumbles uh, last season, along with 60 tackles. Uh, that's coming off the uh, from the 2021 season where he had two interceptions, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and five PBUs. He's a playmaker, and that secondary is their strength. So, E, what they're going to do, and I, uh, Ian Boyd of uh, Inside Texas, it was kind of his hypothesis, and I agree. I think they're going to invite Texas to throw Roll the ball because they're going to invite Texas to to take advantage of their one on one matchups on the outside. They're going to let their corners and even let Gabe Taylor in the slot let them guys hold up one on one coverage. And yes, they may end up getting beat, but that's a better alternative than Sark and the offense deciding to just run the ball down Rice's throat, which they could do because Rice last year allowed 5.3 yards per rush, eighth highest among opposing uh, opposing rushing averages in college football, 181 rushing yards per game. Uh, that's also a really big number. And Texas could just play bully ball because Texas needs a slump buster in the run game, only averaged 2.8 yards per rush versus Washington in their uh, last game uh, in the Alamo Bowl without. First game post Bijan and Rojo era. So this could be the great slump buster for them. But Rice does not want that to happen because that'll just take right. They'll basically take the air out of the Rice's sails and they'll they'll bludgeon them if they decide to just run the ball 45 times. To keep Texas from running it 45 times, I think they're going to invite them to have the numbers advantage on the back end, E, which means they're going to they're gonna load the box up. If Texas wants to run against a stacked box, that's great, but they're going to they're gonna allow Texas to have one-on-one matchups on the outside because they trust their corners, their strength, going up against Texas' strength, and hopefully invite them to throw the football, and then Texas can, you know, maybe they'll make some mistakes, maybe there'll be some miscues, maybe they can get home in the pass rush. That that's a better option for Rice than allowing Texas to run the football. 
Absolutely. Or mm. I mean, you, could, you trust it because it's your best chance, uh, the, better than the alternative. And, to, and But Texas will see if they can win those one-on-one battles, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting uh, – they're, they're good on the, on the wings. They're not very good in the meat, in the meat and potatoes. No. We come back, we'll talk uh, with Drew Sanders, head football coach of Vandergriff. We carry Vandergriff every Friday night or Thursday night if they play uh, here on the Horn. Check in with him and uh, his program off to a 1-0 start in a rivalry game this weekend. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, it is college football season. Really cranks up tonight. Had a smattering of games last week, but uh, the full Monty's coming. Boy, we had a full slate of high school football last week, and that picks back up this weekend with week two Mm -hmm. coming off of zero week. And uh, with that in mind, you know, you hear, you hear Vandergriff football every Friday night or Thursday night, if that's where it is, and on the weekends as they head into the state playoffs, yes, will they get there? Uh, Vandergriff, uh, our, our, our team, right? We're, we're the home for Vandergriff football. Thrilled to be it, and we're also thrilled to be joined on our, our Vaqueros hotline by the head football coach of uh, the Vandergriff Vipers, the only uh, coach the program has ever had at the varsity level. He is Drew Sanders. Drew, good morning. What's up, Coach? Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Man, we're doing good. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Uh, hey, thanks for being yeah. with us, and we'll talk about your big win last week. Let's start with the fact that that game was so early. I mean, Rod and I were like, man, they're already playing. I, and then I saw where it was the earliest start to a high school football season in, in maybe 50 years. Uh, how was that for you guys to prepare for? Did you just speed the clock up a, month, a week, or uh, what did you make of that? No, no, it was it was normal. We just started earlier, you know, as far as our practices. But sure. we had our normal two weeks to to prepare. But, um, yeah, it seems like summer gets shorter and shorter every year for sure. And then, you know, kind of now we work with our kids year-round. It's almost college-like now what they, what they allow us to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, 27-7 over Dripping, and we missed our conversation with you last week. We apologize for that. But, uh, man, you guys really put it on Dripping at Dripping. Uh, a lot of prep went into that one. It was such a nail. You know, they beat you last year at your place to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you guys got the the revenge game. How was that? And what were you what were you proud of about your guys? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to to be able to go one and zero to start the season, uh, and then to go over to Drip and kind of return the favor from last year. They came in to us and, and beat us at our place, which is you know that was that was a surprise, and so it was nice to go go play well. I thought. You know, we jumped out to a 27 to nothing lead uh, in the first half, and so I mean, just you know, be able to go out and do, and do that. I mean, the first game, what are you worried about? It's like, can we snap the ball? <laughs> you know, can we catch? Can we kick? Can we do all those things? Like, you know, that, this is a worst nightmare for coaches. Is like heading into the first game, you just think everything's going to go wrong, <laughs> and uh, so it was nice to see us come out. We scored first drive. Uh, Deuce, Deuce Adams threw to his brother Eli on the third play, long pass, and then defense was was salty you know the the year before they they kind of ran ran all over us in the playoff game now we won uh but they ran on us so it was nice to to see that we stopped the run i think they had less than 200 yards offense so both of those things were were exciting for us hey coach you made uh there are a lot of um, additions to the team um over in the off season um and it seems like now that you may have some new leadership on that team now can you talk about some of the additions that were made in the off season uh guys who came into the program who are making a big impact yeah, um, so, well, Deuce and his brother Eli, I mentioned those guys mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I hired his, his uh, their dad, uh, a guy named Mike Adams. Yes, so sir. Mike used to work for me back in uh, 17. Was he a teammate of yours? No, uh, not I'm a not teammate, sure but I know Mike okay. really well. We, play, we, uh, yes. we, we hung out together a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, he, he's, you know him then, so you know what a great guy he is. Yes. Um, and, um, and so he used to work, work, we used to work together. Um, he used to work for me at Vandegrift and his, his boys, when they were younger, went to Four Points Middle School. And then they went on and kind of moved, moved around. And so I was just so happy to, had a receiver opening and was able to hire him and, and, uh, so happy to have both his boys. They're just great young men. And of course, in addition to those good football players. So, uh, and they're doing a great job and, and, um, and and did an amazing job just assimilating themselves into the culture of the program and and wonderful young men and then uh, we had to move in Jacob Henry uh, moved in over the um, over the off season and he's playing O line for us uh, now he plays some defense too but right now as we kind of get everybody in shape he's playing O line so I'm um, really p- pleased to have him he's such a, such a, a big strong young man I think he's 300 pounds and and uh, just kind of like his dad he's one of the strongest guys I've ever seen yeah I'm playing the interior guard and yeah competitive mm-hmm. <laughs> good genes there uh, tell us how we we all I covered Mike Adams and uh, when when he was playing at Texas he was an electrifying player and now a receivers coach for you uh, tell us about Deuce uh, he played quarterback uh, at Nebraska's Canyon last year where, where his dad was and now he's for you I mean you had Braden Buchanan last year who we got to see and boy, yeah. what a hard nose, tough. I mean, this is a great leader. I just loved watching Braden play. Yeah. He was a good quarterback. But he's a baseball player, but man, this brought so yep. much uh, leadership to your team. What about Deuce Adams? Is uh, standing out to you as a quarterback? Man, um, just Deuce. The way he moves is just so effortless. You know, it just is. Um, he's such a great athlete. Um, has a great has a great arm. Um, and then, you know, in addition to, he is a true dual threat guy. In addition to being able to, you know, have some great arm talent, he can, he can move around. There was one play in the game. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch or not yet, but we had a bad snap. Once again, first game things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have a bad snap and, uh, he, you know, he picks it up and, uh, there's guys he's surrounded by guys. He picks it up, scoots kind of right side, a gap for about 50 yards, just scoots past everybody and everybody has the wrong angles just because he's just, you know, that heady and that, that fast. So it was, that was good to see. And, and, um, and he's doing, he's doing a great job, but his, his ability to move in the pocket and then the run game and then um, his arm talent is just uh, tremendous. Hey, Coach, I want to ask you about your defense. Obviously, you got some some star power uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but your defense played really well, um, only gave mm-hmm. up one touchdown. Uh, who are the impact players you're expecting a lot from to lead this defense this year? Well, our our best returner is a guy named Alex Foster. He's an Air Force commit. Yeah, yes. he's, he's a monster. Uh, I love that kid. He's yeah. great. <laughs> he's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because everybody, you know, and coaches they talk all off season. And we'll see each other or whatever, and they'll be like, "Is number eight back?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they they all get depressed because he just <laughs> <laughs> he just makes play after play after play. He had 22 tackles in the Dripping Springs quarterfinal game. Um, and he just goes everywhere, and he just doesn't miss a tackle. It was funny he missed the tackle against drip and he comes up to me and on the sideline he had such sadness in his eyes <laughs> he was just like i don't know what's wrong with me i'm like there's nothing wrong with you you're, Alex. you're not a robot <laughs> so you'll make the next one don't worry about it you know and so i gave him a little coaching points to try to help him but he doesn't need me to coach him you know he just goes to run around and hitting people um so he he's back and he does he's kind of the do all we run that broken stack the three high safety stuff we've oh, yeah. run that for a while now nice. and he just sits in the middle and just patrols everything um and so and then you know uh, um secondary wise we're kind of all new so we're figuring out who we are there besides alex linebackers i got two of my three linebackers back and another guy that started uh, multiple games the, the guy that played the best this past week was diego de la Vasquez. he had 14 tackles 
uh, big six two, two hundred and fifteen pound linebacker, had a pick six, um, <laughs> and was just he was just uh, a man all over the place. And uh, he had one play on fourth and three that he took on a tackle with one shoulder and tackled their big back with the other arm. Wow. Um, it was a, it was a man style play. And so, you know, I'm really proud of that. And, um, and D line's doing well. I got several guys I'm rotating through my nose tackles back. He's just a junior. Um, and, um, and so his last name's wit and both of his brothers played for me. And, and so doing a great job, but yeah, I'm excited about the defense. We got lots of things to figure in the secondary. And so, um, that'll be figured out hopefully by district, you know, but we're still figuring out, you know, who, where everybody is and, and how to get them going, you know. Uh, he is Drew Sanders, head coach at Vandergriff. They're one and zero, and have a big rivalry game this weekend with Cedar Parker, who is also one and zero. They were impressive in their first game. We'll preview that coming up. Uh, coach, tell me about that three high stack. We talk about it a lot, uh, just in in football theory with Rod and a lot of Big Twelve coaches using it. And it's a you've been a defensive guy your whole career, and you you that's yeah. your baby. What is it you like about that three high stack? What does it do that gives defenses trouble? Uh, that that you've you've adopted that as something you uh, you kind of yeah. kind of major in. Man, um, what a cool question. Um, I, I know I don't have limited time. I could literally talk two hours on this defense. <laughs> Go ahead, Coach. Um, you, you all right. Go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, one of, the things, one of the things that's beautiful about it, I was a four-down guy. You know, I got videos for, for sale on the four-down. You know, I was a four-down guy for years, and everybody's so surprised I went to this, but it's so multiple. The launch points are, are endless, um, and really we can play everything we think of from that same five shell. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our philosophy is to have the same five shell and we move like barely before the snap. And so my philosophy is let's make the quarterback make decisions post snap mm-hmm. because it, everybody's smart. Everybody has good coaches, but when you're making the quarterback make decisions live, that's as good as you can get. Yep. And so that's kind of our philosophy there on why we do that. And then other than that, man, we can, we can trap the corner and play strong in the flat. We can middle field closed uh, coverage, and we can bring everybody. Um, and so really it's just so – because I just think a big part of defense, besides lining up right and running around um, hard, running, giving great effort, is make them guess. Like the, the easiest thing for an offense is just to line up and go, that safety is going to be like there again mm-hmm. and again and again. <laughs> so, you know, you – you just can't. That's just my belief. You just can't do that. Yep. Um, and so we change pretty much every play. If you were to to watch us, like just to watch our structure and what we do defensively. Love it. It's awesome. That's it's awesome. Stuff. Hey, uh, coach, we we talked to Drew Todd Dodge uh, recently in his retirement, playing golf out at Horseshoe Bay, and boy, we were just uh, glued. He was talking about his uh, his his goal board at Westlake and how they they lived by the goal board. Because I asked him, how do you win you know three straight state titles, and how do you say that consistent with your program? And he went into a deep dive about his goal board and you know everything that the program believes in. You, I'm assuming you guys, and you've been doing this long enough, have a have a goal board. Do you guys have something similar that your players play to? Not just a scoreboard, but uh, goals that you have for each unit, each side of the ball, uh, each positional group. You know, we we do. We have goals that we'll meet each week, um, and and they they all align according to our hallmarks. And so for me, the, my biggest thing is our our four hallmarks of dis- discipline, effort, toughness, and honor. Yeah. And so everything is structured around those four things, because I believe that our mm-hmm. talent level, and that's that's true. Right now, we're a pretty talented bunch. But there's been many years that you've watched us that you know, there's not one college signee on either side of the ball, and we still find a way to win, and we still find a way to, to, to have some playoff success. And I think it goes back to that. And then we go into um, 
each one of those and we kind of say, all right, discipline, we do things exactly right. And so we hold guys to that because we think that there's a big difference between nearly right and exactly right. Mm. Um, and so we, we hold our guys to those kinds of things. And then, for example, we have um, six penalties as our goal. And we know six penalties or less, we're going to really have a great chance to win that game. And so this past week, we had eight. And so we talked about that, you know, and a lot of them were like, you know, once again, first game things, false starts. My goodness, we could not line up in the second half. Um, and so, you know, we'll figure that out. We got new starters and, and that's all part of it, right? That's part of the growth. But, um, you know, that that kind of stuff. And we have a penalty accountability um, so basically every Monday we go over the good plays, the bad plays of every game, win or lose. But the first thing we do is penalty accountability and the entire team's in there. And if anybody got a penalty, I play the video of the penalty <laughs> and then they've got to stand up Ooh. and say, this is what I was thinking. Um, or this is, you know, I messed up. I didn't, you know, I, I false started, whatever. It won't happen again, guys. So making them accountable to their teammates. Um, and each, each penalty and like, we're going to, if you get a personal foul, there's some kind of physical punishment with that. Cause we just can't get personal fouls. It's unacceptable. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's a one example. If, you know, kind of talking deep about sure. that's one example of things we do on a, you know, on awesome. a weekly basis. It's great stuff. Hey coach Cedar park. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, the familiarity, you know, the, the rivals, uh, you, you, know, you know, this thing goes, goes way back when you guys came in as a program. So it won't be hard to motivate your guys. The fans will be fired up. They're one to know they were very impressive in week one. Uh, kicks off at 7 o'clock, and uh, boy, that's what it's all about to have an early season game like this. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, we go from drip, this huge game there. Uh, we played them three times in like a year, <laughs> to now uh, going to Cedar Park, who's our big rival and who we came from. You know, that's where we originally started. Some people listening may not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke off of Cedar Park. And, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, I've been the only coach at, at Vandegriff, and um, I've taken many a butt whooping from the Cedar Park Timberwolves, you know. And, and, <laughs> And so, you know, lately we've kind of had their number, but I'm telling you, that's a proud program, and it's going to be a great game on on, uh, on Friday night. I mean, we started working out. I mean, I started in the auxiliary weight room at Cedar Park High School with the Cedar Park Timberwolves walking by as we were working out, the guys in the black and silver. Uh, pretty cool uh, experience, actually. And, um, and they're really good. You know, they got their quarterback back. Um, and he slings it and runs around and he's never, he's never out of the play. He's mm-hmm. never, he's never down. He's always going to find a way to get the ball out of his hand. And then defensively, they've had a great tradition of that. And it looks like, you know, they shut, basically they shut Cedar Ridge down to almost nothing. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're excited. We got, we're going to host them here. So we're excited to have them come into Monroe stadium. And, and it's already, uh, we already sold out, um, tickets we sold out our home side in two minutes, they said. Wow. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a packed place. Awesome. Friday night, Friday night lights. That's what it's all about. Hey, coach, we look forward to these visits uh, all season long and the Great progress stuff, of the yeah. Vipers, hopefully deep into December, yep. uh, much like last year. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, coach. Hey, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Aaron. All right, Drew Sanders. Somebody on this text line said, I want to play for that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. He, 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 he does have that, you know, that aura about him, like, man, I wish I'd have been able to play for coach. Um, but I, I love that he, I love the question you had, E, because I was going to ask the same oh, question. Sorry, buddy. He, no, 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 that's great. And we were thinking alike. That he said, oh, we run a three high, three stack. And I was like, <gasps> We've talked about it so much, and I wanted to ask him about it, and I'm glad you went down there too. But you say the reason basically he likes it is it's it's so multiple. 
There is it makes and you more multiple unpre- in disguise. Yep. Yes, it's so it makes you so unpredictable as a defense because guys like Quinn Ewers who know all the single high beaters and they know how everything looks on a cover two and with a single high safety because they've seen it over and over again their whole guys, lives. Their whole lives, right? And every coach that they know have seen it their whole lives, so they can tell them exactly how to beat it, where the safeties are going to be, what the rotations are going to look like. Guys, the three high has been out since 2016. That's the earliest that we can get, actually find a team. Actually, it was Oklahoma State. It's the earliest I can find a team in the Big 12 that was running the three high. Guys, it ain't, it's like it's like eight years old. It's like seven, eight years old. It's and not, it's still confusing quarterbacks. Yeah, because they, they don't have natural baked-in beaters because they ain't been around long enough. Everybody well, and there's these also beaters. the uncertainty of what it's going to look like post-snap. I love the way that you said that because, you know, they're really good quarterbacks at pre-snap. And, you know, when people, you know, the, the darn football, you know. Theorists. Theorists like yourself <laughs> or even just like the casual football fan. When they watch a football game and you see the quarterback look over at the sidelines and they're holding up the cards and right, it's it's a look at me offense. Mm-hmm. They're trying to read the defense for the quarterback, right? They're yeah. trying to say, okay, this is what they're in. The check with the me, the check with me mm-hmm. thing, right? Well, this is what he just said. We don't want them checking with you because they're not going to know what we're in. We're not going to move before the snap. Everything happens once the ball is snapped. That's when our disguise begins. That's when and then mm-hmm. he's got to figure that out in real time. He's got to fly that. You know, he's the jet fighter now. And he doesn't have any predetermined of yep. what that's going to be. Everything is post snap. He can think it's going to look like this, and then all of a sudden it doesn't. Yep. And you know, you just said the name. Think Quinn Yours, right? Quinn Yours in most of his career, he's got the biggest arm. He's a five star mm-hmm. player, but he's a one or two read quarterback. Uh, he goes through yep. his progressions because the coach mm-hmm. he pretty much knows how to beat X, and then he can make a throw that can beat it. Well, now you got to bring your cerebral side in, your processing side. Mm-hmm. I got to do this as the ball is snapped, and I got to read and what you I see. can't cheat it. Yes. Yeah, the whole point of pre-snap is to get you a little cheat code. You're like, okay, I see that I safety's see that. there. All right, so I can anticipate this route combination is going to be open because that safety's going to be right there, the linebacker's going to be right there. And like he's saying, he is, no, we're going to make every all your process. The, everything will happen post-snap, which means you got about – Two seconds to process everything, coverage, the uh, you know the the pass rush of the pressure packages, and your receivers. That's a lot for some quarterbacks to process. And you're right, it separates the men from the boys. So I, that's why I, I would run it too. If I was a defensive coordinator, I would definitely run the three high, three down, just because it gives you such an advantage well, and these it's something days. Something that uh, Dan and, Quinn is majoring into with the Dallas Cowboys, right? He's yeah, he's running he's running three safeties more than everybody else, and he he uses three safeties now. He won't. I don't know if he'll say he runs a three high necessarily like everybody else. But the, some of the principles are the same because you're just utilizing three safeties. And you don't know which playing safety, exactly. which is playing linebacker. And, and, and you're so right that it is essentially at its rudimentary level the same because Dan Quinn has lit, not Dan Quinn, but Dallas's defense has led the NFL in takeaways the last two years, right? First defense is the steel curtain to lead the NFL in takeaways in back to back years. And how does he do it? Deception. Nobody moves their safeties and rotates their safeties more than the Cowboys. Nobody plays three safeties more than the Cowboys. So as Ian and I just talked about, that's confusing for most uh, quarterbacks because they're used to single high and two high safeties. And the safeties are the ones that the, the quarterback is reading. And so when those guys are moving around, it changes the picture for him completely. And then on top of that, he uses more twists and stunts up front with his D-line than anybody else in the NFL in the last five years. You combine those things, and what does that mean, E? That means the pass protection is has a chance to be wrong more oftentimes than not because our defensive line, where they start, is not where they're going to finish and as coach just mentioned most of the time the pre-snap diagnosis of the quarterback will also be flawed and inaccurate because everybody that he read pre-snap is going to move post-snap which is also why he likes <laughs> the the bigger linebackers slash smallish safeties right or the littler linebackers are the big safeties yes exactly the demarvion overshows the, the j ron curse yep 
uh, because then they can play run support. They can come after it, and that's mm-hmm. why the Cowboys were so high on DeMarvion Overshow. Yes, they were. Uh, still and, are. And still are once he gets healthy. We come back. We'll hit some what's popping, including a piece of audio that will dovetail off of that conversation about DeMarvion Overshow and the Cowboys' affinity for him, plus what's popping tonight, including college football. We're coming. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like Stockton. What is poppin', including Ty Henderson's poppin' pick of the night, the Sex Panther pick of the night. (laughs) They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. Yeah, baby, and sometimes less than that even. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) He's been studying rigorously back there. He's got a pick tonight because we've got college football to watch. He hasn't been so hot in baseball because yesterday he gave us the... uh, The uh, New York Yankees to get beat by the Tigers. I don't even know if that happened. Did, did they... <laughs> I don't even know. The, see, Garrett... the baseball season for for my game. That's why you it's off game. season. Yeah, see, I think he's a real now, deal now. I think his brain now is focused on football because it's so close, and now his baseball awareness is, you know, slowly declining. The range is just like the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, Yankees, <laughs> well done. Yankees won that game six to two, <laughs> so you took the L. You took the took L6 the L. too. We'll yeah. start. We'll start. We'll start fresh. I see what Ty's trying, like trying to do. He's trying to. He's trying to play yeah. the odds. We will start fresh football, because football baby. season here. You know, water under the bridge, Ty. It's just Thank money. You. It's just money yeah, uh, well. for our people out there. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that and the other things we're popping on today, including Rod and I are going to be live out with you people. You people. That's right. This afternoon or this evening, we're excited about Baca that. Street. But we're just talking on the way to the timeout. And thank you to Drew Sanders. That was a fun uh, high school football conversation, Friday Night Lights, but also awesome football theory conversation, which uh, led us into that conversation about the Cowboys and the Marvion Overshone. I wanted you to hear this. You, you, this has been out there with the Cowboys, but... So this is that from that new Roku documentary, a little clip from it, that takes you behind the scenes of three different teams in their war room on draft yeah. night. Okay, I want to watch that. And let me play this for you. So this is Jerry Jones. They're in the war room. And you can't see this because it's, it's radio. But So he's got one of his grandsons behind him because this is the family business. And he tells him, hey, get, oh, yeah. get so-and-so on the phone. And here's, you'll hear the conversation with, uh, with Jerry Jones and his grandson Paxton. It started with a talk with his, gra- his other grandson. Yeah, get Paxton on the phone. Yes, sir. Have you got the speaker? Oh, pound speaker. Just a minute. Hey, yeah. Pax. Hey, Pax. Uh, Overshine, we're may, we think we may do something here. And uh, tell us anything we need to know. We want to or not. We find out if the guys What did you have in mind? Uh, does he practice that way? Not that this isn't anything, but Paxton said he's ridiculously athletic. He's a monster at practice. Said every time you look up, he's in the middle of the middle middle of. Said he's everywhere. Okay. And is he a good locker man? Oh, yeah. I've talked to him every day. Yeah. Okay. Talks to him every day. All right, there you go. Then the pick was in. Oh, so, uh, hey, Jerry Jones getting that scouting report. Scouting report from, from the, the grandson. From the grandson. Who was on the Longhorn team as a walk-on last year. I wish I could have Jerry Jones narrate my life. <laughs> you like Jerry Jones's? You like his, nah, his nah. tone? Come on, Pax. <laughs> Pax. Hey, like, he, said, he said, shy, shy. Get Pax on the phone. 
We're calling Texas. We're calling yeah. down Austin. Hey, screw the scouts. Overshawn. What does Paxton say here? Yeah, Jerry Jones is one of the people that gives everybody a nickname in his life, too. I like that. He would definitely give you a nickname. Hey, Pax. <laughs> he would be – look, again, I have a, bit, a promise against Jerry. I don't – he shouldn't be the general manager of that team, but um, that's a standing promise. But – I, he wouldn't be a bad grandpa. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh, he'd be <laughs> what? You talking about a billionaire that yeah. owns the most popular sports team in that, America? That's a pretty good grandpa. Oh, he'd be an awesome. He's an awesome grandpa. I mean, we've seen it where the Come grandkids on. have been able to take that yacht out, mm, like mm. for spring break. They can use the yacht, the oh, super yeah. yacht that cost more than the team well, did when he bought it. He's a great grandpa if he claims your parents. Oh, <laughs> yes, be honest. Well, that would be his. That would be his daughter. Huh? That's, That's what his, I'm saying. Like if the, if he claim if he claimed your your parents, which would be uh, he won't even claim the one. Is he won't even claim like his? Isn't that his daughter? Like the love child? daughter? Yeah. Right. So he's, he's not claiming her. If she had kids, he would not be a great grandfather to those no, kids. No, and he's not a great father to her. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's not right. claiming her. <laughs> uh, on the downside of that, what's not popping is that uh, we've lost Gil Brandt. Nah, that's sad, man. Uh, Gil Brandt, 91 years old. Great football mind. One of the one of the great football minds of our time. Revolutionary actually. when yeah. it comes to football and yep. scouting. Uh, really changed the game of how yeah. you scout and develop players. And that led to he, along with Tex Schramm, Tom Landry, uh, the, the Cowboys of the 70s. America's team was born with uh, the evaluations yeah. of one Gil Brandt. So. Started, started looking at data points that nobody considered in evaluation and scouting at all. Yeah. <laughs> simple ones that we think about today, like simple things, well, like, you know, the arm, like wingspan, stuff like that, like looking at, really considering that in evaluation. And, and the one like common that. thread you'll hear with people that have known, you just said it to me again, that, and I hadn't heard that story before, that he remembered you as a prospect 20 he years did. or 10 years later. It was, it really, it shocked me. I just, I went up to him, I was like, I think it was in t- by the Texas way where I was like, hey, uh, Mr. Brandt, big fan, just want to come up as a, you know, just say a fan of football and just tell you I admire what you do. And he's like, what's your name? I was like, yeah, Rod Baby. He's like, Babers. You got your whole scouting report. Yeah, you actually broke down a little scout. I was like, oh, man, I, I was flattered. I was like, that's amazing. Well, that tells so. you he's got a mind like a steel trap. <laughs> still, Even exactly. to his late age, he could do yes. that. Still quick-witted with it. And they, so in his prime, man, that guy, oh. he didn't need all the paperwork like you, Rod. He had everything Sharp. in his head. He's yeah. like, yeah, we're drafting this guy because he runs this and he jumps this and he's this tall. And yeah. that's, that's good stuff right there. Uh, sad, though. But as you said, celebrate his life. Oh. And that will be celebrated by the Cowboys yeah. and all of football. Need to be NFL. sad when somebody accomplished that much and had such a positive effect on that many people. Lived ninety-one years, so not taken totally prematurely. Obviously, would like to have more time with him, but man, the impact that he had on the world made it better. That's what you, you, you want to leave. You want to make. You want to leave it better than you found it. He definitely did that. So passing our what's popping prayers on to the Gil Brandt family. This is Paxton is on the Texas football team as a tight end. Now we said he uh, he's on the team. I didn't know his position. I wonder if, mm. wonder if the Jones, receiver, I wonder if the Jones family is contributing to the NIL fund. <laughs> probably Arkansas, not Texas. Uh, but that's a good. That's probably true. Probably true. I mean, they got a lot of connections, man. We still, you know, I mean, we still don't talk enough about Tom Landry being a Longhorn, Longhorn. lifetime, legendary lifetime Longhorn. What uh, remember what a DBU? DBU, baby. Aside from you and I hanging out at uh, the Lavaca Street Bar between five and seven tonight, uh, uh, Rod, there in Rock Rose, what are you popping on today? I'm probably gonna watch Hard Knocks. Uh, Got to watch the latest Hard Knocks, and there's a show on Paramount Plus called Lioness. Have you heard about this? This is Tyler Sheridan. Yes, with Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's in it. I think Zoe Saldana's in it. Kim, uh, is it Kim Basinger? Not Kim Basinger. Um, what's her name? Uh, my my Lioness. brain. Lioness, I believe is the name of it. I'm going to start watching. I think it's like six or seven episodes in it. And that is Taylor Sheridan, correct? 
Yes, it is. Well, everything, everything on that damn network is. <laughs> oh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is Paramount Plus. I, I might start diving well, into I that. Well, I need tonight. your uh, your your intel, and then I'll. I'll decide. give you. I'll give you my review of it and tell you if it's if it's worth it for you. But okay. uh, it's supposed to be probably pretty good. Supposed to be pretty good. Well, yeah. we will do that. So, and uh, we'll see you at uh, Labaca Street Bar. Ty, what is your what's popping Sex Panther pick of the night? We're gonna go with under forty six in the NC State UConn game tonight. And do you have a pick on Utah Florida that you're not giving out? Do you like? I like the Utah side of that. What's the line? Four I, and a half. It's four and a half. I took Utah uh, and I bought a point and a half minus three. Nice. nice. I'm just gonna take Utah. They're fourteen and zero in their last fourteen home games. Agreed. Florida's one and seven in their last eight road games. They're not sure who their quarterback is. Oh no, it's it's Mertz, Grant Mertz, Graham oh. Graham Mertz. I like Grant. <laughs> Graham will be better than Graham. <laughs> my marks. I'm not, I'm not high on Graham. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Rod, we'll see you at LeBach Street. See you later, brother. We'll also see you back here at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Good guest lineup today if you missed Drew Sanders. Uh, Zach Shaw was talking Michigan football. Uh, also, we had, uh, gosh, go way back, we had uh, Taylor McCarg talking Texas Rice in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, great guy. Used to play quarterback at Vista Ridge and played quarterback at Rice. So it's all real good intel on top of everything. We had to say five hours in the can. Go enjoy it if you missed it. Jim Rome is next. Have a great Thursday.